0: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel This is episode 97. I'm your host, Carter E, joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of Instimage.com. If my audio sounds uh, a little tough, it's because I am out of town, unfortunately, dealing with a, uh, a loss in the family. So I will be back here this week, but um, got a little extended. The plan was not to do this podcast from uh, two different spots, so we are adjusting on the fly, which is sometimes what you got to do in the state of media. But Jeff, you know uh, how are you doing? I know you got to cover cover some stuff in person this past uh, weekend. I will obviously defer to you on some things, but we have some stats and stuff. But uh, how's how's life in Northern Nevada over the last couple of days?
1: It's been cold. It's snapped cold, like. Thursday was nice and warm like we've been And then Friday started to get chilly And then burr and rain I, The so Sierra rain Lutheran football game It just dumped so. Oh wow
0: Well we've got a lot of a lot to talk about on, on football I will start kind of running through Some of these playoff scenarios too In our other sports we got a look at some volleyball standings Soccer standings as well I know the tennis season has wrapped up So uh, Douglas will be be in the playoffs there as the six seed um, at least on one side. And then of course we have the uh, individual tennis tournament coming up next week, along with regional girls golf as well. So something to keep an eye out for next week in the Nevada appeal, those games, uh, those all start on the ninth and the 10th. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. We are taping this Tuesday morning for everybody listening a little later on. Uh, But we got to start with, I think with Douglas football. I mean, I kind of alluded to it last week where I said there probably wasn't going to be a whole lot to say about this uh, Douglas-Hug game. I don't mean that as any disrespect to anybody, but, you know, 54-0 final. Connor Jackson now leads the state in rushing yards and touchdowns. He's got almost 1,200 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. Uh, He's in the top 10 in total yards, and he is the only one in the top 10 who is not a quarterback. So pretty impressive uh, stuff there from the Tigers. Uh, they again just you know use use that power run game. Connor Jackson did not run for you know 300 plus this week. He was in the the low 200s, but uh, I believe five touchdowns on the ground, and then he also had a pick six. So a little bit of a do it all guy for for the Tigers. There they are now six um, and one, and two and zero in league play. They are tied at the top of five A division division three with Wooster, who beat Carson uh, this past Friday as well. Ah, uh, real quickly before we get out of the uh, Douglas side of things, you know, I know they also have some some guys in the top ten on the defensive side. Cole Smalley's up there in tackles. He's I think eighth in the state. Galena's got two as well, including uh, Duke Rittenhouse's son Matthew Rittenhouse. He's up there. I think he's thirteenth in tackles uh, so far this season across the state. But steering back to the the Tigers, I know it's. Uh, it has been kind of an all hands on deck approach. They've got 26 turnovers on defense. Um, from what, from talking to Kyle Mays this past weekend, it sounds like 33 might be the school record and that's with three games to go. So that seems fairly plausible along with, there's a few other school records that I alluded to in my, in my story that was, uh, posted this, this weekend about their win. They are, uh, barreling down on some, some big time stuff there. And, uh, Surely looking to secure that five A 5A Division three North one seed going into the the postseason. Um, so we will see what they they have North Valley's this weekend, which again will be a will be a tough test for the Panthers. That that Douglas team is rolling right now. Uh, team chemistry seems really high. They they've got about you know I say they got twenty six turnovers. I think like fourteen different kids might have an interception or a fumble recovery. It's pretty impressive that they've been able to do as much as uh, they have on the defensive side of the ball. I know Kyle Mays gave a lot of credit to their defensive guys being Steve Nelms and then both, both Ovard coaches as well between uh, Morgan Ovard there. So another, another storyline to continue watching for Douglas. Um, They will, they continue to roll and we'll see what they do this weekend or this Friday night against North valleys. But those, those Panthers come in at one and five, and lost to Wooster and then lost to Galena last week 51 to 6. So if you do a little, you know, schedule comparison there, um, that game may not be shaping up to be super close, but obviously something that you don't necessarily want to overlook when you're the the Tigers there. Obviously can't get can't get tripped up on any of these these games that you you may uh, schedule as or pencil in as, as wins early. And I know that's not something they're do, doing It's something I I'm, I'm kind of just saying, but switching over to Carson Wooster. Jeff, you were there. Uh Carson was able to run the ball fairly effectively though. Nobody had any points in the first half. I think the biggest thing you got to keep coming back to is turnovers. It just continues to bite the Senators in the butt and um that was that was the same case Friday night against Wooster and you know a couple fumbles in the first half killed drives and then they threw a pick six that pretty much allowed Wooster to to put the game on ice by going up two scores and Jeff, I'm curious if you had any other takeaways from from what you saw. I know obviously shooting through a lens is a little different to to follow everything as as closely as you know we may on the sideline or Duke and I may with a with a notepad. But I'm curious if you had any other takeaways from Friday night's loss to Worcester.
1: It seemed to me that they were that you know, and I don't, I'm not the scholar about football as you well know, but they they did change some formations in the back. They were running three backs. Um I don't understand everything I was witnessing exactly but that's what I have you guys for. Um that seemed to change things um you know both teams didn't seem to want to do anything in the first half and the whole game you know the, f- the whole first half was played between the 20s. Which, for me, is a little frustrating because nothing gets out in the open and you know get a nice clean shot of somebody. But and also, you know, the the soccer guy in me has to say, oh yeah, high schools or uh, football is high scoring, zero zero at halftime. So I got I got to poke a little fun. But I talked to Boschard a little bit yesterday, and he's he was pretty frustrated about the about the game. Um, you know, rifling off some stats to me that that uh, I can see if he's looking at that, it's definitely frustrating.
0: Yeah. Carson, I think I uh, might've already mentioned this was able to run for 240 yards on the ground. Christian Ray had 101. Uh, He also had a rushing touchdown on 13 carries. Ethan Hendy caught the the lone completed pass for the senators all game. It was a five yard uh, catch for a touchdown there from Drake hardcastle. Uh, Otherwise, Angelo Macias, 43 yards, JT heat and 47 yards, Jake Winninger, 29 yards, Hardcast leaving got loose for an eighteen yard carry. They they've they found some success in that that run game, which I know Beauchard continues to say is something they have to establish. But you do wonder coming up this week against Galena, having seen me personally, having seen what Galena did to Douglas there early on in that first half, the Grizzlies are not afraid to take shots down the field. They they will try to beat you over the top. And Carson's I'm sure fully expecting that and, and B, I do do wonder if they're going to have to respond with a, a shot or two over the top of, of their own and uh, whether or not they can, they can find some success in that. Cause clearly you've seen, you know, in the last, last couple of weeks, they've been able to move the ball on the ground, but they've just got to find a, another dimension to, to turn to. Cause you know, if, if you can only run the ball, then teams are going to start stacking the box and um, that just makes it that much harder to continue to run the football. So we'll see what they they do this week against Galena. should be a should be a really tough match. Both of those teams sit at one and one in uh, Class 5A Division 3, so that will be a big one as far as standings are concerned and playoff seating goes. Definitely something to keep an eye on there. Ideally, I will be back for one of these games. Um, can continue to see coverage from me on the old Twitter sphere or X or whatever you call it nowadays. Um, Whatever Elon Musk calls it, I'm going to call it the other thing. So let's let's roll with that. Um, that's that's the way I, I feel about that. On uh, defensively, you know, J.T. Heaton continues to be just an absolute stalwart on defense. Led the team again with nine tackles, joined by uh, Caden Wilcox as well. Heaton by far and away has the most tackles on the team this year. Uh, Kincaid Gill and Christian Ray were able to combine for a sack. They both were credited with half a sack in the loss to Wooster. But yeah, just a game that they're going to have to. Find some takeaways from, and then you know, as you get closer to Galena, just kind of flush and hope that you, they can reset for the Grizzlies because uh, a loss to Galena will put them probably down in the will kind of bury them in that four, five, six seating. And um, it's going to make it tough when you have to open up against uh, potentially a Douglas or a uh, or Wooster again. They may have to maybe a rematch the way things are kind of shaping out there. So, i a Division Three it's always going to be interesting. It remains that way. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how these, these teams kind of move forward going into the final three weeks of the regular season. See if uh, they got any new, new wrinkles they can break out and uh, how these, these final few league games shape up there. Speaking of league play, let's jump over to volleyball where Carson is uh, had a tough run. Granted, they've done that against uh, some really good opponents, but a, Five-set loss to McQueen drops Carson into the five-seed now in the uh, Class 5A North. Granted, they are only one game back of the Lancers. So anything can happen with, uh, I believe, six league contests still to go. So plenty of time. But a loss I'm sure Brittany Witter and company uh, would prefer to not have had. Um, however, Douglas does sit behind them in seventh. So they will have an upcoming another matchup against the Tigers Later on this season to close out the regular season, uh, of course, down in the bottom, you've got Galena, Reed, and Damani Ranch. Carson will be, uh, the way it's shaping up right now, looks like there'll be a four or five. It's really going to depend on how, how that shakes out, unless Douglas is able to to kind of get hot and, and knock them off, which they nearly did in, in Carson uh, just a couple weeks ago in that that five-set thriller that you were in attendance for. So. It's gonna be a gonna be a wild finish for volleyball as far as those those seedings go. Um, again, only the top six in the North will make it into the postseason. But Douglas is hanging on to that last spot right now by a uh, half a game, if you will. They are three and seven lead play. Galena is two and seven. So obviously Galena still has an extra an extra match to play there. Uh, Carson's five and five, like I said, McQueen at six and four. And then the top three remains the top three. I'm not sure we've seen much change around the top three since I have been covering volleyball in Nevada. It's Spanish Springs, Reno, and Bishop. No, uh, they all between the two of them have a combined four losses. So that will, you know, they'll beat each other. But as far as seeing any other teams jump up into that top three mix, I'm not sure that's a possibility much anymore. Um, after after a couple uh tough losses for, for the Senators now, like I said, sitting at five and five in that division play, I don't see any of those top three teams ending up with five losses in, in league play, unfortunately for for Carson. So that means it'll be a it'll be a tough road. You know, if you go in as the the four seed there, you're gonna you're gonna play a top two seed there in the second round, and I mean that's gonna be the case anyways. Uh, given you go quarter, semis finals. so you're likely to to take into those those tough tough teams pretty early on in the uh, the playoff stretch. So we'll have to see what the Senators are able to continue to do there. Uh, jumping over to soccer, where the Carson boys have, you know, they're coming off a couple losses. I believe their most recent, they lost to Wooster three to one. Um, Wooster though is a uh, is sitting in second in five A North Sierra. Now, I guess I should preface that soccer is split. It's back to your Sierra and High Desert leagues, and so the playoff seedings are rearranged off that. They take eight. Total, but they're only taking four from each uh, subset. So four from the Sierra, four from the High Desert. Right now, Carson is in third. They are five, three, and one in league play. Damani Ranch and Wooster are one and two. Uh, they both are four, one, and one overall. Galena's sitting there in fourth at three and two. Minogue is in fifth at two and four, and Douglas is in in last. They have yet to pick up a league win so far this season. Jeff, you know what have you, you kind of continued to see from that senator boys team and clearly this is a squad that is much improved off of off last season. you can just tell by the stats uh, and the win loss but I'm curious what you've kind of gained from from continuing to watch them
1: I think just continuing as the season goes on just you know working well together and and always improving you know, it, it's a not it's not a game and and every sport is the same i just happen to know soccer a little bit better but every time you're out on the pitch you're getting better and working well together and um they've done remarkably well they've had a lot of kids come out so they've got some depth and uh you know just fine-tuning all the time and, and trying to not have Gaps and holes and, you know, other opponents are, you know, film is a thing now in soccer versus when I played that you didn't really have a way of capturing it, even uh, those big old VHS tapes, which most people don't mm. even know what I just said. You know, it's 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 a process and you want to, you know, obviously be in those top four. You're going to miss the playoffs.
0: Right. Right. And it does look like they'll be they'll be in that top four, barring any anything real dramatic. Angel Flores did have their lone goal against Wooster in the 67th minute. Uh, shout out to Ian for always keeping me updated on the scores there. Much appreciated. And jumping over to the girls' side of things where, of course, this is Class 4A, but they also are split in that same two-tier, two-division 2 system in the Sierra and High Desert. Same deal. Top four from each side are going to the postseason and that's where things get interesting, because we got Bishop Minogue, Damani Ranch, and Galena one two three on that side. And then you look at Carson and Douglas battling for that final four spot. Neither of them have a win yet in league. Now, granted, 0-3 and 0-2 league with the split was late to late to start. I guess late, depending on how you look at it, but because that used to be how it was previously. However, Carson and Douglas will play twice between October 10th and October 17th. I think, for all intents and purposes, that might be the deciding factor of who's going to get that four seat. Is maybe they split and nothing changes, but if somebody's able to win both of those games, that's that might wrap up that that final spot in the uh, the playoffs for the Sierra League. I don't know if you agree with that or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, it's it's Douglas is struggling with people. Uh, they've got a lot of injuries. I talked to Ron yesterday. He said he, you know, there's all kinds of crutches on the sidelines and that's, that's super rough. Um, yeah. And it actually, they had to cancel their JV game cause they didn't have enough. Um, so we're hoping that that doesn't continue and they get some kids back on the, on the field. So, absolutely. Um, but yeah, those, those league wins um, you, you've got to take care of business with those teams. And there's, you know, we, we talked that it's 4A. It's the same teams that we played last year. It's just they call them something different. So when we go to state, we're not getting killed in the south um, versus the boys are competitive up here. So, uh, you know, it's the same teams that we always face, tough competition. Um, and, and I would say there's some indication of the teams that, that uh, we've played on the other side, uh, the high desert side, that, um, are good indicators of what, you know, the the potential would be, but you got to win those home games or not the home games but the league games. Uh, it's awesome to win home games, apparently, obviously, but <clears throat> if you can, if you can pick up a win on the road, that works too. However you get them, but you got to get them. I mean, it, that's, and that, that's, that's tough competition. I mean, all these girls, you've got many, many club players on every team uh, and that, so they all have experience, and then who's going to bring it, and does the ball bounce your way, and those good things.
0: Yeah, and they've, you know, Carson's found some from scoring up front between uh, Monsey Issa, Addison, Morgan, and a couple other pieces there. You know, I'm curious, I, I know you probably haven't had a chance to see Douglas yet, but when they do, when they do meet up twice in a span of seven days, uh, I guess, you know, how how much do you think the the competition level will ramp up with both teams probably being pretty aware that you know they're going to be battling each other for that final playoff spot it it
1: it it goes back to the same thing we talked about with the volleyball game it's it's Carson Douglas it it doesn't matter what the sport is if they were playing cards or whatever <laughs> it's the same thing and both teams are always you know the, hopefully both teams always bring it and i i don't remember us ever having a, a just a week between the the two games um both home and away so that that's going to be an interesting spin to it because it's not like oh we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks no, no we'll see you in seven days
0: right <laughs> so. right and for for douglas it, it runs through a stretch where they go three road games in a row so that that's their second road game is the first meeting with Carson and then they return back to Minden on October 17th for that that final meeting. we will be curious to see how that shakes out as always uh you know I imagine Carson Douglas would even be competitive in bingo that might be a,
1: it, it, a, a, I <laughs> I would not doubt it. You know the, the it's something interesting about that you know 3 3 days in a row. Washo's off school this week which is a weird spin on the whole thing because we, you know, Carson and Douglas don't have games during the week this week. We both have Saturday <laughs> games and then it's Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. That's going to be rough. And we do that yeah. twice this year. Um, so I, I'm really curious teams that have a lot of injuries and that's, that's rough, especially towards the end of the season when people are already getting taken knocks and, and, uh, already you know right on the cusp of you probably shouldn't play today but can you give me 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever so it's going to be an interesting end of the season
0: yeah you know it worked out that uh, my airline troubles happened to be this week when reno's or the washoe county schools are off so there's not a lot going on uh here in the early portion of the week so be sure to uh Continue to stay tuned to our website. We will have plenty of stuff up there on nevadapeelcom backslash news backslash sports as well as record courier backslash er, backslash news backslash sports as well there. Otherwise, Jeff, anything else you want to tell the people before we get out of here? I think that's about all she wrote for this episode of uh, Behind the Bench.
1: Yep. Safe travels home.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Here's hoping that I don't have any more issues with airlines. It is becoming an annoyance in my life that I cannot seem to escape. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Behind the Bench. Thanks for listening. Oh, and thank you to our main sponsor. That is Played Against Sports. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at playedagainstsports.com, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Thanks for listening and we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.